And so, David, welcome. Hey. <laughs> hey, guys. Great to be with you this morning. Uh, man, what a great time to get in God's Word together. What I thought we would do here as we, as we wrap up this morning and um, send folks on their way for the rest of the Sunday is really just to remind you guys, hopefully what you're about to hear uh, is not new content. Uh, I think it's things we've, we've taught and encouraged and exhorted from, uh, from the pulpit for, for two decades, really. Um, so you've heard a lot this week us say, hey, uh, many of us now are finding ourselves with more time on our hands. And um, no, that's not, by the way, that's not true for all of us. Some of us uh, have uh, less time on our hands than before, but a lot of us find ourselves with more margin in our day. And so we've said, hey, why don't you take that opportunity to double down in God's word, remembering that, um, that quarantine and isolation is not the same thing as solitude. And so we want to continue to encourage you guys in the midst of this sort of self-quarantine mm-hmm. is to find ways to be uh, alone with the Lord, to have mm-hmm. solitude with Jesus. And as we do that, I think it's important to remind ourselves of a couple of things. One, we don't worship the Bible, okay? Uh, the Bible is not the thing we're, we're worshiping. Um, but it's clear, God's word is clear that scripture is God-breathed. And so we worship Jesus Christ, the risen savior of the world. We worship Father, Son, and Spirit. And the way we do that is by getting to know him. And the primary mechanism, the primary mechanism by which we can come to know Jesus is through the word that he's given us. Paul tells uh, Timothy, his pastor in 2 Timothy 3, that all scriptures God breathe. It is profitable. Profitable for what? It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Why? So that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So if you are not coming to God's word with the, um, through the lens of, God, what can I, uh, in this time, what can I learn about you that I can then take to the world? Um, the first thing is, is, hey, shift how you're coming into the God's word. It's not, it's not to make you a smarter sinner. It is to change your heart so that you might become more and more of a blessing to your family who you may be spending more time with and to the watching world. Um, this is not an ordinary book. Hebrews 4 tells us that the word of God is living. It's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's able to pierce the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Uh, We are all laid bare before the word of God. And so this is not Harry Potter. This is not War and Peace. This is not, frankly, C.S. Lewis or Calvin. This is God's word inspired. Not come and see. Not come and see, although that's a great (laughs) book. Listen, I want you to read this one, right? Yeah. Because it shows us who the Father, Son, and Spirit is. It shows us... um, the God that we do worship, who he is. It's the word of God, and it should drive us to him. So David, I know when you study the word of God, yeah. as you go through this thing, there's, there's a couple of things that you bring in your mind, yeah. and, and, and you've used the word thoughtfulness, and patience, yeah. and repetition. So yeah. why don't you explain those? So, so now we're gonna talk about this idea. When we open up a text, okay, this is what we bring. The yeah. thoughts that he's already mentioned, Yeah. okay? So it's the word of God, it's yeah. not Harry Potter. Not Harry Potter. Uh, God wants to reveal himself to you more than you wanna be informed by him, so it's not playing hide and seek. So I just finished going through First Thess. I knew that we were gonna be teaching it from um, the, the, on a Sunday weekend services, and so I jumped in in sort of late January, and I just finished this past week First Thess. So that's, I don't know, seven or six, seven, eight weeks on a book that's five chapters long. Um, and so I became really familiar with First Thess because I kept reading it. It's, I guess Todd said earlier, it's short. You can read First Thess, the whole book, in about 15 to 20 minutes, depending upon how fast you read. And so there is value in repetition and, and rereading the, the whole book in one sitting 
Um, now, so, like Exodus, you may find, hey, that's going to be a little bit longer slug of time. <laughs> you know, if you want to try and read Exodus in one sitting, I would encourage you to do it. But recognizing these smaller books, read and reread the whole book because you start to pick up themes that you wouldn't otherwise uh, pick up just looking at it one part at a time. So when you, when you read it, David, the thoughtfulness is kind of the stuff I always said. You yep. come expectantly, mm-hmm. humbly, eagerly. Yeah. And, and know what this is, the word of God. Yeah. But then the, 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 you use the word patience. Yeah. Tell them why you say you, you come with patience. Yeah, because uh, first of all, uh, God's word, this is an infinite God revealing himself to a finite man. And I am not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And it takes time. Uh, time is measured not in days and weeks, but in months and years and decades for me to really begin to uh, continue to deepen my love and my affection and my understanding of the word. And so don't feel like if you have uh, you know, an hour that, it, that you're gonna get everything you can get in an hour. It's okay to say, hey, this is a long-term journey. I wanna be patient and let the word of God work its way through me, knowing that I may be more open on yeah. Monday than I would have been on Sunday because of whatever's going on in my life. Um, uh, the spirit may be moving in me today in a way that, that I wasn't allowing him to the day before because God's spirit always wants to push me towards holiness and towards purity and towards Christ-likeness. Uh, the issue is, is am, I, am I open to that on a particular given day? And so we wanna be patient with God's word. Allow it to do the work. And that, look, it's totally great if you wanna read through the Bible in a year. Like, that's awesome. You should do that. We do that as a body in our Join the Journey. It takes about 70 hours. That's about 20 minutes a day. Yeah. I mean, to read through the Bible in a year. But again, the goal is not to get through the Bible. The goal is to get the Bible through yeah. you. And, and um, I would just encourage you to, as you read, one of the things that David's done, now, now I want to get to um, what you did with Thessalonians, and we're going to actually show them a copy of what you did when you did 2 John. Yeah. Because one of the keys is repetition. Yeah. So, so you, you, you read the book again and again and again. It's yeah. how I see some of the patterns. So how I see the thankfulness in 1 Thess 1, 2, and 2 Thess 2, 13, yeah. and First uh, Thess two thirteen and then First Thess three nine. Yeah, you see those kind of patterns, right? Yeah. When you read it a lot, but they only come through repetition. So my family, we're I'm a product of the seventies and eighties. So I'm a big Star Wars guy, and so we watched The Empire Strikes Back there night as a family because that's what you do when you're in quarantine. And it occurred to me <laughs> as I was watching it, the reason I could basically quote my way through the whole movie is because I've seen that film. Okay, this is great because I think sometimes you you use this. You told me yesterday you were going to say this. Yeah. Like when I watch Star Wars with my kids, I, I, I was a child of the 70s and you know, early 80s where I saw the first three Star Wars, yeah. which I know are Star Wars 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. I have not got into Star Wars 1, 2, 3, 7, 8, 9, and now all the other ones. 1, 2, and 3 are terrible. You're fine. Okay. But my point is, is when I watch them with them, I'm lost. Yeah. And, um, and, and I need somebody who loves Star Wars to yep. go, okay, this is how that's yep. connected. You know the ones you are familiar with? So there's parts of the scripture you're familiar with, but, but look, David and I have been around God's word for 30 years, Yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. And, and so when I read First Thess, it's why my mind runs to Matthew 18. It's why it runs to 1 Corinthians 2. It's why it runs to Isaiah 64. And it's why um, I see all the things. Be patient with yourself if it's the first time you've watched Star Wars, but start watching the movie. Yeah. Because when I watch it, Star Wars, I, I need somebody like you there with me. Yeah, to highlight the nuances, the things you might not pick up that are relevant to the story. Yeah, and, and, and frankly, that's why some people like to watch the movie again and again. They see different things. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things that you need to do when you're watching, if you will, the movie for the first time is make notes. Like, who was that guy? Yeah. Okay, write the name down. Understand how he fits in a larger context. Don't be discouraged that you're not a seasoned Star Wars nerd. <laughs> yeah. So here's a great example from Thessalonians. Um, because 
I read First Thess rip all the way through a lot of times. Todd mentioned today, he showed the highlight and he said, as you know, as you know, for you remember yeah. as when we were with you, all that. And so that's repeated a bunch of times in Thessalonians, which is why Todd's gonna teach us in a couple of weeks in First Thess 4, all of a sudden you see this phrase, uh, we brothers, we do not want you to be uninformed. Yeah. And you're like, wait a sec, whoa, whoa. That's, the, that's different than everything else in the letter. Because he's been saying, you know, as you know, when we were there, you remember. And then all of a sudden there's this new bit of teaching. Brothers, we don't want you to be uninformed. And that pops, that only pops if you've been reading the rest of the letter yeah. and have begun to kind of put the parts that make sense in light of the whole. That's why that section, which I can't wait for you to teach in a couple of weeks, um, we don't want you to be uninformed. About what? About well, you have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> Very so, good. So watch this. I want to take you to, just to show you, you saw kind of um, my little sheet that I get my Bible out. And you know, here's a picture again of just what I taught you from basically today. This is my notes from First Thess, uh, chapter two, that make up all that was there. This is David's, that come back to us. And, and um, I'm going to show you David's second John. Yep. And, and you're going to see with patient study. So we say observe interpret, apply. What I did is I taught through that little text that we were just in is I made some observations there about how many times, as you know, showed up, the word of God showed up um, and, and different things like that. And I made an interpretation of why that truth was there. And then I applied it to your life. And it's what David does when he studies. Yeah. So that's, that's the basic thing. So, so, so yeah, walk so him through Second John. The, the reason we grabbed Second John is because it's super easy to illustrate a point. This is from a couple years back. Uh, and Second John is basically 13 verses. So it's a, it's, a, it's a letter you can read in 10 minutes, you know, 15 times. So the reason I, I chose this one for, is because it highlights a couple things. When you're reading God's word, you want to observe. Um, uh, look for things that are repeated. Uh, I had the privilege of studying under Prof. Hendricks at Dallas Seminary in the, in the um, early aughts. Uh, late 90s. And one of the things he talked about was observe. Look for things that are repeated. And Second John is great because you can basically walk through Here's a the, picture of it. the four or five uh, paragraphs in First John. And you'll see that in the first paragraph, I highlighted in pink, no particular reason why pink, not blue, truth. It's labeled, it's highlighted four times in that first couple of verses. And then they get to the second paragraph and you see that commandment in orange is highlighted four times. You get to that third, kind of that middle section, you see deceivers, those who don't confess Christ, deceiver, the antichrist, is highlighted three or four times in gray because that's a sad color. Uh, and then you see in that final section, teaching is highlighted three times in green. And so just by looking at the words that John, the apostle John used in this short little letter, um, I can begin to get an idea of what he was trying to communicate in each sort of section of the letter. Truth in the first couple, paragraph, uh, first couple of verses. Commandments in the second couple of verses. The deceivers, watch out for false teachers who deny that Christ came. And then the last one is teaching that a test of orthodoxy is do we obey Jesus Christ's teaching? If you love me, you will obey my commands, period. Um, and so it's super easy. You can see at the beginning, he starts with the elect lady and her children that's in blue. And what does he finish with? the children of your elect sister. So in, like, in um, writing, that's what we call a bookend. It's a way to help the readers see, I'm closing my thought. Um, and you'll see that in God's word in paragraphs. This happens to be a bookend over the whole letter, the 13 verses. But you'll see bookends within, within books. Of, hey, this verse sounds a lot like this verse four verses ahead. Maybe it's, it's a bookend. It's, it's Paul or whomever, Peter, closing his thought. So look for repeated words, look for repeated themes, 
um, look for things that are related, things that are alike. So watch through some things. Here's some basic observation. This will all be on our show notes yeah. from today if you want to look. And so um, we'll put it on lower third. So you know, when you observe, you, you, what's he emphasizing? You saw David do that. What's repeated? He already said things that are alike. Yeah. Keep going, David. Things that are unlike. Uh, things that are unlike. And so you know, contrasting, you know, like Proverbs are a lot of things that are unlike. Um, go, don't be like this. Be like this. Don't be like this. Be like this. Uh, and things that are true to life. Um, things that you can you can relate to uh, sowing, and we know that sowing and reaping is a, something that's true to life. We can we can observe that that's a reality um, that Jesus used to describe the kingdom of God growing. Um, and then you move into so you observe, and you could spend all day observing God's word and finding like uh, just writing down what do I see, what does this say, what's repeated, what's emphasized, and then you move to interpretation. And like here's the deal. Todd and I, or you and I may come to a text, a passage of scripture. We may read it, we, we may observe a lot of things, but we may come to two very different conclusions, okay? This is why in Acts 8, when um, you have Steve, or, I'm sorry, Philip, an Ethiopian eunuch, spirit calls Philip to go to this eunuch, and he runs up to the eunuch and says, do you know what you're reading? What does the Ethiopian eunuch say? He says, uh, he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch says, how can I understand unless somebody guides me? That's the eunuch saying, I'm reading this, but I don't understand. I need someone to help me interpret what I'm reading, and so we come to the scriptures and we can come to two different interpretations. And what we wanna try and do is, the reality is the biblical author, there's one interpretation. And we'll figure out what it is when Jesus comes and gets us. <laughs> but the way you try and land closest to what the biblical author had in mind, the, biblical, the Holy Spirit, I should say, through the biblical author is by studying things like context, history. You know, there's grammar, there's uh, language issues because we don't speak, I don't speak Hebrew, I don't speak Greek or American. Uh, uh, I'm drawing Aramaic. Aramaic, thank you. It's because Armenian, different Aramaic, and so we need to, we can use tools to help us understand. Hey, that, that word means something a little different than the way we use it today, and so there's all kinds of ways you can um, tools to help close the gap between what Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in you know, depending upon when you think he wrote 50, 60 A.D. and what we're, we're reading it as we're trying to interpret it and understand what did he mean in 2020. And there's tools to do that. And, and the Holy Spirit, again, wants to illumine his word to you. He's not playing hide and seek. So he wants to help you interpret. Um, and then lastly, and maybe most importantly, is the so what question. Is how do we apply this? The, the last thing we want for myself, for Todd, for you whom we love, is for you to be smarter sinners, for you to now have more Bible in your body that you're not applying. Because now you're just under more accountability for you're not doing what you should be doing. And so we got to figure out, God, what would you have me do with this truth? Um, Todd talked about this morning that um, I long to be with you, right? And we're separated here, Paul, for a different reason than we are today. And so what can I do with that longing? How can I take that truth that just like Paul wanted to be with the Thessalonians, we, wanna, we would love to have you here with us this morning. And so what can we do to, close the, to bridge the gap in this interim? That's how we would figure out how to apply that. Um, and so observation, interpretation, application, three simple ways to come at God's word. So let me, let me do this, David, yeah. because in a minute, we're going to uh, spin over and do it again at 11. Uh, but I think the, the, the things that you're hearing from him are, are stuff that he's cultivated over a series of time. Yep. Be patient with yourself, yep. patient over God's word, and stick with it. And don't be afraid to ask your friends. Um, and so one thing that he and I are excited to share with you this morning, and we know that some of you guys have turned off and we'll figure out a way to push this out tomorrow in the current, but we are um, 
we have our equipping classes, one of which is how to study the Bible, mm-hmm. and we're going to make them available to you during this time, again, online. So yeah. here's a little slide that will uh, give you the link that you need to go to. It's watermark.org slash equipping courses. Uh, you can learn about the life of Christ, answering tough questions, and here's the one we're going to really push you to right now is keys to effective Bible study. So I would encourage you to go through that with your community group. Mm-hmm. If you're not in a community group and you're watching, then um, we'll put you in a group with others with a moderator. But you can go and sign up in that particular place and take advantage of this season where you've got more time, not to binge watch a lot of other things, but to train yourself to binge in God's word the rest of your life. Yeah. Bible first, Bible most. Yeah. All right, would you just close us in prayer? Love and, to, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll slide out of here. Um, don't get discouraged when you see what this brother can do with just a few minutes with the Bible because he's watched Star Wars. He's read his Bible yeah. for a lot of years. Yeah. All right? Uh, there's no day. greater investment uh, yeah. of your day than getting in God's word. So let me close this in prayer and then uh, we'll get going. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, um, we do. We just thank you that you have provided us uh, a sure and clear word uh, to guide our lives, to uh, explain clearly how this chasm that we could not, we cannot cross has been uh, how a bridge has been put across through Jesus Christ. Thank you that the story of um, your book to us is the story of your rescue of lost and broken humanity. Thank you that it connects together. I pray for my friends this morning, wherever they're tuning in from, that you would bless them. I pray that their hearts might be stirred to want to open your book, maybe for the first time, maybe for the 400,000th time. I pray that it would bring uh, hope to their hearts. You would remind them, you would convict them in areas where there is sin, where there's behaviors and attitudes and perspectives that you want to shift and bring uh, more in line with your word. I pray that you would speak peace and that we would remember that maybe the most frequent command from you is that we should not be afraid. So in moments like this where there is a tendency to be fearful and to be anxious, would you provide comfort and hope to our hearts? I pray for husbands and dads to lead well right now. I pray for moms uh, to be patient and to be um, a source of hope and confidence to their husband and their kids. I pray for our single friends that you would, they would use this time wisely to um, deepen the reservoir in their heart. God, you say in Psalm 119, the psalmist that I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I pray that would be true in my life. I pray that would be true in um, the leadership of this church's lives. And I pray that it'd be true in the life of our body of Christ here at Watermark. Thank you uh, for Jesus. Thank you that we can have hope in the midst of uncertainty. We can have confidence when the rest of the world um, is on shaky ground. We love you. We pray you would stir our affections that we might learn to love you more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Bless you guys. It's been such a privilege uh, just to be together with you this morning and we long to be together with you soon. We're absent in body, but not in spirit. That's a little statement that we use a lot. Came from your Bible right there in 1 Thess 2.17. We can't wait to be with you soon. See you tomorrow on Watermark TV. Have a great week of worship.